Hello, action takers. This is the Live Blissed Out podcast, and I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. And now for our listener spotlight. Stephanie in Germany asks how she can make baking less stressful during the holidays. That's a great question, Stephanie. Stay tuned for some really great tips and recipes. This is episode 15. Our topic is baking for the holidays, and my guest is Suzanne Mitchell. Suzanne is the co-founder and matriarch of Zamar Screen Printing, Inc. Suzanne and her husband, Harold, started in their garage in 1993 and now have an office in Hudson. Suzanne loves helping businesses find just the right promotional item to make them stand out. She is creative and thoughtful. Baking has been a passion since she was eight, and started making cookies for 4-H competitions. It led to a 10-year baking and breads career in 4-H. Her final award there was a fully paid trip to Chicago, paid for by Fleischmann's Yeast Company. For more information, visit zamarinc.com. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. I am looking forward to talking to you about baking because you and I are friends in business circles and we happen to talk about our hobbies and you mentioned that you won some awards for baking and I got all excited because the timing was just perfect. I'm doing a holiday series and one of the things I know that everybody's going to be doing in the holidays is eating sweets. And many people love to bake for their family, but there are a lot of people out there, I think, who are intimidated by it. And so I wanted to talk to you today about how to get past that hurdle so that we can all feel comfortable baking. So how did you get into home baking? I started baking when I was really young. I have always had a passion for the kitchen. I was just fascinated watching my mom do anything and watching my grandma. And my mom was a home cook. She always made homemade meals, but it was my grandma who did all of that baking. And I'll never forget, we would always go to her house for holidays. And there's nothing like the smell of bread cooking in a kitchen. You cannot create that smell any other way. It's just so capturing. And from really early on, I wanted to know how to do it. So I was fascinated by all of her equipment. And I would watch the yeast be bubbling on the stove. She always did it in a certain container. And I just wanted to do what she did. And so she slowly started teaching me how to make her cinnamon rolls and her yeast breads. And it just developed my love of wanting to learn. And so I cooked in 4-H for about 10 years. And that's probably where I learned the most. I won the most awards through that time. And I really learned the art of baking. And it just has stayed with me my whole life. You know, you were so fortunate to have somebody to teach you how to bake. And it also sounds like it's a tradition for you and it stirs up happy memories of your time with your grandmother and not all of us have that blessing in our lives so in that sense I know that there are a lot of people out there who want to start traditions or perhaps teach their grandchildren and children how to bake
mistake, but the first step is they need to teach themselves because <laughs> a lot of them are scared of baking. And so I thought it would be a great time to talk to you about why you feel baking might be so intimidating for people. I think people feel like it's so absolutely precise. And if you don't do it absolutely perfect, it's just going to be a total failure and it's going to be terrible. And I don't think that's always true. Yes, you have to be better about measuring. You can't be as willy-nilly as, say, with spices in a soup. You can just keep adding it until you decide you like the flavor. And you have to be a little more precise with baking, but it's not absolutely down to, if you're doing French pastries that are down to the minute ounce, that's a little different. But for most home bakers, it's a little give and take. You may have to add a little more flour. You can add a tad more liquid to give it a better feel, but it's not as hard as a lot of people think. I think people, they just assume only people that know how to bake can do it. And I don't think that's true. I think you can start easy. You can start with no need. You can start with cookies and it's not near as hard as people think. <laughs> you know, I think to your point, a lot of us just set such high expectations. We may look at one of these <laughs> magazines, you know, the ones where you're standing in the aisle waiting to check out at the grocery store. And then they have all these baking magazines and they look like they came from some sort of pastry shop. And then you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, that's what I need to make for the holidays. And then you set such high standards. And then when it seems so overwhelming, you wonder why you're not able to bake like that. And then you get frustrated. And I think it's about starting small. And sometimes yeah. the simplest recipes could be the most effective, don't you think? Absolutely. I think if you've got a good classic or even a recipe that you've gotten from a friend locally, that is absolutely your best starting point because that means if they're cooking in your altitude or your sea level or wherever, it's going to be tried and true in that area. So sometimes even versus grabbing a magazine, who knows where they made that? It's so much better to ask a friend, ask your next door neighbor, what's, the, what's your favorite yeast bread recipe? It'll be tried and true in that area. I think that's a great tip. Oh, that's a really good tip. Yeah. What do you feel are really tried and true basic recipes that people can start with that are holiday themed that makes most people happy? I know it's hard to please everyone. And there's always going to be that one family member that says, why did you make that? No matter how much you slave, you're standing in the kitchen with flour all over you. You've been at it for hours and somebody says, uh, it's okay. And then it just kind of just deflates your ego, right? Uh, but, you know, I would say most of the time everybody's going to be polite and be happy that you at least attempted to make them something special so what are Absolutely. some recipes perhaps that people can start to consider for the holidays well I think there's a lot of different levels of holiday baking like we have a cookie Saturday where we all get together and friends family friends that feel like family to me we all get together and exchange cookies and so sometimes we'll make one while we're there or like with a 4-H group a lot of times we get together and make sugar cookies let the kids decorate them and take them to nursing homes so cookies are pretty unassuming because you're not dealing with yeast you're not dealing with kneading you can bring in you know holiday candies into the decoration so that they're real festive you can do sprinkles and things so that's kind of I think a base level start but quick breads I say would be the next one making banana bread and you can do a lot of fun things with those kind of things you can make them in the really small decorative pans I know some of the 
hobby stores have little like ceramic pans so you can bake it in it and then you give the whole pan and so it makes a substantial gift because you've got the little pan the little crock it's in plus the bread that's in it and then my favorite for immediate family is to make something like rolls for dinner and so there's going to be a recipe that you can get at the end of the show and it's refrigerator rolls so you get to make the rolls and all the bread ahead of time so like four days before your event you mix it all up you have it in the refrigerator and you work with it and then the day of all you do is bake these things so when people walk into your house there's that smell and they're like oh what's that smell because when you open the front door you can smell when bread is baking and so I think that's a great one to capture your family you went ahead but you didn't have to kill yourself the day of and I'm a huge proponent of cinnamon rolls that's how I learned to to make them and you know waking up Christmas morning to cinnamon rolls there is nothing like it I love cinnamon (laughs) rolls too I agree they're super great so that's a good one yeah. In that sense, when we bake, we can talk about baking for gifting. We can talk about baking for a specific time of year or when family's coming over. And I really do like the idea of preparing ahead of time because like you said if you've already got everything set up then when the actual day comes to bake it just makes the process so much easier it's ready to go and you can just enjoy the day and at the same time get everything finished up I think that's a fantastic tip there what are some things we need to have in bread to make it a success when we actually create the loaf because I think that's one of the challenges rising and just coming out right I know there are some things to consider consider there that I certainly don't know how to duplicate. And so I would love to learn from you as far as what you feel we need to really start thinking about when we're baking bread in particular. I'm a proponent of really good flour. You can buy inexpensive flour. I always buy unbleached flour. I just don't think we need the process of bleaching in that flour. The bread is not going to be perfect pristine white anyway because you have other ingredients in it. So a good quality flour I think is good because that flour is what makes your bread have elasticity. As you add the ingredients to the flour, it develops the gluten, which I know is kind of a taboo subject. There's a lot of people avoiding gluten and there is ways to avoid it. But when you're talking about standard bread, that is what you're trying to do. You're trying to develop that gluten. That's what makes that bread elastic and able to rise. You need good liquid and that can be a lot of different things in recipes. It can be milk, it can be water, it can be a myriad of things. And I think that's an important point is make sure you've read your recipe and have everything you need. Huge pitfall. You're you know halfway through and you realize, oh my goodness, I don't have lard. That's what it's asking for. I don't have any. So make sure you grab that ahead of time. But you definitely need a good liquid. You need yeast that's not out of date. Sometimes people grab yeast that's been in their refrigerator or their cabinet forever, and it's not going to rise if it's not good, non-expired yeast. So you can buy it in a jar, you can buy packets. So, you know, really any brand is good, but you just have to make sure it's fresh. And then you usually need something that gives that food fuel, which is sugar. So sugar, honey, anything that's a sweetener, that's what makes yeast grow. Yeast will take 
off when it's fed, then the last ingredient you really need to stop that is you got to have some salt because yeast will just cause your bread to grow forever more and salt gives it a stopping power where it doesn't just grow like crazy. So those are your main things that you need to make any quality bread. And then you're going to bring in raisins and cinnamon and all the different things that make the different varieties. But that's really your base that gives you good quality baking and bread. That is just so informative because, again, I didn't know about those specific ingredients and how important it was for everything to be fresh. I mean, obviously, we know things need to be fresh, but like you said, a lot of us have yeast packets lying around and then we'll just (laughs) grab that and go, why is my recipe not coming out the way it looks in the magazine, right? (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, it's just so logical but at the same time we overlook that because we think they're never going to expire they'll just sit there and it's all good right (laughs) so So it's really important to consider that and that's wonderful to kind of be reminded of those things because you've got to start with the fresh ingredients the right ingredients and of course do what you said measure things and follow the recipe and take everything into account for example here we're living in altitude what exactly does that mean when you're in a higher altitude area. How do you know how to adjust the recipe for that? My greatest suggestion to a first-time baker is don't try to adjust it. Just find recipes in your area. And, you know, you can even go, you can look online if you happen to live at sea level. You know, research baking bread at sea level or recipes for rolls at sea level or recipes for rolls at high altitude. Because it's a myriad of changes. Usually it's a little more flour, a little more your dry ingredients and a little more liquid. But until you've tried and trued and tested recipes and tried to change them yourself, you might have to make them several times. Probably not the best time when you're trying to do holiday baking to figure that out. So I really suggest trying to find local recipes. If you ever have those cookbooks that you got from church fairs or where people put recipes in, those are almost always tried and true in your area. And like I said, great to grab it from a neighbor or a friend who's baked for a long time. They're going to be recipes that are already ready for your area. But online has great resources. You can literally type in high altitude cinnamon rolls and it's shocking how many recipes will come up. So I think just finding your area and researching for it and that's your best way to get a recipe ahead of time. I was wishing that it was perhaps as simple as just leaving it longer in the oven. Ooh, you know, just an extra five minutes and everything's good. But apparently not. There's a lot of other things to consider. So yeah, I think it might, especially for somebody like me, I think I need to look up the the recipe and make all the necessary adjustments before I attempt it because then it'll be another fail. Yeah, exactly. You don't want that. Yeah. So let's say you're expecting guests for the holidays and uh, let's say it's going to be a big gathering. Is there a tip in terms of how we know how much to bake? What is like an average quantity that you should prepare for for a certain number of people? Because I think that's also a challenge. You know, sometimes you're baking too much or sometimes you didn't bake enough. Is there a gauge for measuring how much you think you need to have for your guests? You know, that's a really hard one. It kind of depends upon what you're doing. Like something like cinnamon rolls, I in particular make mine pretty hearty. I just choose to cut them a little bigger. So really one a person is usually more than enough. And then I always throw in three to four for a addition to make sure there's always enough. But something like rolls, if you have store-bought rolls that are okay and, you know, they're just an addition, people might eat a couple at a meal. You'd be shocked if you throw out 
really good homemade rolls, you probably better average three to four because they smell so good and they're so great and people are so surprised that you have something homemade. I think the quantity ends up being bigger. Like you said, it's the holidays. People are enjoying it. They're loving their food. And the great thing about leftover rolls is, is you can eat turkey on them if you happen to make them at Thanksgiving or you can eat them the next day with any sort of leftovers. They make great little lunch sandwiches and they hold. Most baked items are going to last a week at least. So if you have leftovers, your family just can enjoy them in different ways. That's another consideration is I think that we hesitate to make more or sometimes we make more and we feel like we made a mistake by making more because we're concerned that it's not going to last. If you're baking bread or you're doing some of these baking recipes that you recommend doing for the holidays, we don't have to panic that it needs to be eaten on the same day. So perhaps you could even have containers where you give everybody something to take home as a little present when you have extras. So it's not anything that you necessarily have have to keep or throw away, it can be shared even after the event. And bread freezes really well. If you put bread in good freezer bags, you could literally freeze a dozen rolls and take them out with soup, you know, two weeks later. You can put baked cookies in the freezer and take them out. And within just a very short time, they're thawed out and you've got good homemade cookies. So those are great to have as leftovers. I never even thought of freezing. That is a wonderful tip. We talked about the fact that you had some recipes that you wanted to share with our listeners. So can you talk to me about what choices you make and where they can go to get these recipes. Yeah, they're going to be a link to my website and you'll be able to click on that and download them directly from there. And one of them's for an herb bread and it's just a really flavorful herby bread. It's actually made in the Cuisinart or any sort of food processor so you don't have to know how to knead or be uncomfortable with that. It is fabulous with soup. We have a tradition in my family, Christmas Eve is always soup. Everybody brings a different soup and that bread is just fabulous with all of them. So that's one of the recipes. And then the other one is a refrigerator roll. So you do need that dough, but you make it ahead of time. And then like once a day, you go in there and punch that dough down because it's rising even in the cold refrigerator. You just kind of keep punching it down. And then the day you're ready to make it, you bring them out and shape them however you want to. So those are great kind of tried and true recipes, definitely for high altitude. But I would say that herb bread could be good anywhere because it's kind of a loose dough anyway. So I think it's going to be great across the board recipe. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for sharing these wonderful tips on baking. Perhaps we will have people out there who have planned on learning about baking and getting started and doing it now over the holidays. And if they're worried about it, hopefully this conversation will get them motivated to start with basic recipes, use the recipes that you shared to feel like they can accomplish something very easy and very doable for a beginner and enjoy sharing their newfound hobby with their friends and family for the holiday. So I really appreciate having you here today, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. I hope people get a little itch to do some baking. I think it's fabulous with your family and a great thing to share with people. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. What do you enjoy baking during the holidays? Send us a tweet at LBO podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Suzanne Mitchell for being my guest. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. 
So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.